Did you know that one in five children in Palm Beach County lives in poverty? And 2000 teens become pregnant each year in the county. Well, on this show, we love featuring nonprofits, helping them tell their stories and the good work that they're doing in our communities. So today you're going to hear from the Director of Advancement for Urban Youth Impact, which has been operating for 25 years in Palm Beach County. And they've identified the needs that this community has. And you're going to hear on this episode exactly what they're doing to meet them. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want, it is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, today I'm so excited to welcome to the show and meet virtually, although you're not that far from where I am here in Miami, you're up there in, in West Palm Beach, Anthony Savine. Nice to meet you and welcome to the show. Nice to meet you too, Tamika. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for being here. I know you are the Director of Advancement at Urban Youth Impact, which is what you're here to talk about today. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to learn a little bit about who you are, your journey. Um, pretty cool story that I read about how you started working at Urban Youth Impact. Sure, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'd worked in the for-profit industry for many years as a marketer, um, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoy marketing um, for what it is. I think it's an awesome profession. I, I give props to those people. Um, and so I actually originally reached out to Urban Youth Impact to become a volunteer. I had always had it in my heart kind of to try to do good for others. It's always been there. But like many people, I think that could be difficult to figure out where exactly that fits. How are you supposed to do good? I, I care about other people. There's so many problems. How do we tackle all of these things? Right. Um, so I, I reached out. I wanted to volunteer. I met with a volunteer coordinator at the time. Uh, and she gave me a brief tour of the facility. And halfway through, I was like, stop the tour. I don't want to volunteer anymore. And she was like, what? I was like, I want to come on staff. This is my mission. I'm in. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I quit my job later that, uh, th that evening, actually, after the tour. Wait, that fast? You yeah, went that on a fast. Tour. <laughs> I, was, I was so sure right away. I loved my boss at the time. He was a great entrepreneur, a great individual. He's a chiropractor in West Palm Beach. Uh, I had a phenomenal job, but the opportunity in front of me was just too good to turn away. I met the kids. I saw the facility. I saw what this place was doing. And I was like, yes, that is the answer to what I've been looking for. This is how I'm going to make a difference. So I came on staff uh, to work with the kids. And I had done so for uh, the first couple years of working at Urban Youth Impact. I had a great time influencing young minds, working with the kids, talking to them, teaching them. Um, but over time, Urban Youth Impact saw my marketing skills and asked me to help out for a little bit. And that little bit turned into a lifetime uh, career and passion that, that I don't see giving up anytime soon. That's awesome. So what did you see on that tour? Well, first of all, they had a they, you quit your job, so they must have had a position open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't know there was a position open at the time. I actually didn't have the intention of working directly with the kids necessarily. I just knew I wanted to be a part of this organization in some form or fashion. 
Um, but they did. They had a, a position open um, as a third grade team leader. So I got to work with third graders, which uh, for any of your listeners out there who work with third graders, it's a very, very interesting age to work with. It's a lot of fun. They have a lot of emotions. Uh, they're learning a lot about who they are. But the school system also really values third graders um, because it's the age that they test for reading scores um, the most. And it's it's the one that reflects um, those. That's where they track all the statistics is in the third grade. That's where they determine where the county's at is they, they're looking at the third graders. So that's a very important age to teach. And, and I enjoyed it very much. It was a great opportunity. Uh, so I took it, I didn't look back um, and it's been a great journey ever since. So I wanted to know when you went on that tour that first day, what did you see that you said, hey, I wanna be a part of this? Yeah, so when you think about the needs, especially in West Palm Beach, uh, if, if any of your listeners are familiar with the West Palm Beach community, West Palm Beach looks very interesting. And for those of you guys that aren't familiar, uh, Palm Beach Island lays on this beautiful strip of land right across from the intercoast or right by the intercoastal. And then on the other side of the intercoastal waterway um, is Riviera Beach, which is a very uh, deeply, you know, it's a very it's an area of concentrated disadvantage is what I like to call it. It's an area where there's a lot of people who need a lot of help for a lot of different reasons. And so it's interesting to see these mansions on one side of the yeah. water and then right across from the water, there's homeless, um, there's a poor education system, uh, there's mm-hmm. children who are growing up in broken families and it's it's heartbreaking to see. And it's we call it a snow globe effect in our organization because those kids are inside of the snow globe where they can see mm-hmm. outside of the snow globe but they, they can't figure out how to get outside of it. It's a crazy thing. So we actually call it smashing snow globes um, at Urban Youth Impact. We, we like to smash snow globes here. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's a great analogy. What I noticed was, is that there was a problem in my community. So I had traveled to Guatemala as a youth and I had seen that there was a lot of poverty in Guatemala. A lot of people know that, that there's, especially in Guatemala City, uh, there's a lot of poverty on every street you notice it. Um, but growing up, I don't think I realized that was in my own backyard. I don't think I realized that every community has its own um, needs that need to be met. And so when I saw it in West Palm Beach, I was really passionate about it. I had gone to uh, my church's pastor and I'd said, we need to do something about this. I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to volunteer You know, as much as you need me to. Let's set up a structure. Let's tackle this problem. Let's go work on uh, how we can get into that community and offer some help. I mean, that's what that's what anybody should do if they have the passion to do it. Um, and then I saw how Urban Youth Impact was strategically meeting the needs, building relationships. It didn't feel like just a random handout. It didn't feel like, uh, you know, some of these programs that are set up just to give. It really felt like we're ingrained in these youth's lives. We really care about them. We love them. We want to mentor them. We want to be there for them. We want to equip them with skills. We want to empower them to find jobs, find their careers, figure out what their passion is, and give them the resources to do it. It's so fun to watch. It's such a fun thing to be a part of. So tell us a little bit more about exactly what Urban Youth Impact does and how they do those things. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Urban Youth Impact uh, is a 25-year-old organization, which is really great to have that deep of um, relationships in the West Palm Beach community. Um, So our mission is to love, equip, and empower inner-city youth to fulfill their God-given purpose. Um, A lot of that is relational-based, so a lot of that does come from just knowing the kids, knowing the families that we serve, Um, but it's both programs at our organization and in the community. It's a really, really great structure where, um, you know, we're setting up these relationships to build upon the family structures and the community structures that already exist in relationships. We're not trying to come in and change everything and transform it all and then leave. 
we're ingrained in the system. It's awesome. It's a great thing to be a part of. So Bill Hobbs is our founder. So 25 years ago, he started with just a station wagon, which is such a funny thing to think about. He just loaded it up with sports equipment, um, went into the inner city communities, quit his job as a golf pro, <laughs> and had decided to serve with these kids. And so he built the relationships. Every Thursday, he would go into these communities, play sports, football, basketball with the kids, and he just grew relationships. Um, and obviously, if you could change the world's problems with playing basketball and football with the kids, that'd be great. But over 25 years, he realized there's other needs in this community that can't just be met through sports um, as much as we wish that they were. So we set up programs through those 25 years, uh, including addressing education needs, um, addressing Entrepreneurial Academy, which is a program that we launched in 2015 that is now transformed into Re Reframe, um, which is our high school program. So we serve kids now from K through all the way through high school. Uh, after school and during the day. We serve both on our main location and in the communities. Um, and so we've we've just figured out a lot of great ways to address the natural problems that exist in our community. Uh, and we're really, really thankful to have such awesome supporters. I can see and I can feel your passion, engagement and enthusiasm. Where do you think that came from as far as wanting to give back and help others? Yeah, that's a great question. I think a lot of it's learned. I think there is some natural, um, you know, ability in any person to want to give back and want to help. Um, but I think that I've learned it over seeing the needs and seeing the heartbreak in this community. Um, when I was a team leader, uh, which is the education, after school education, um, leaders of our classrooms and things like that. So what I taught the third graders, I had this one girl um, in my class that was just being so rude to me that day, just absolutely breaking me down, uh, testing my every nerve. She called me stupid head, all the all the third grade comments that you can think of. Um, I was so heartbroken because this girl was one of my favorite students that I've ever had. And I couldn't figure out uh, why she was doing this to me, but she was being really hard. It was, it was frankly embarrassing. Uh, but then when I pulled her aside at the end of the day and I talked to her about her day, uh, and I was not coming down hard on her. I wasn't yelling at her or anything like that, but I was certainly trying to be stricter and trying to tell her Hey, that's unacceptable. You can't be doing that. You got to respect me. I'm the adult, et cetera, et cetera. The whole, the whole teacher regard. Um, but she broke down and started crying. And I was like, Hey, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. <laughs> she was like, well, I just needed to tell you that my dad got shot two weeks ago and I had no idea. I had no idea. And I had a good relationship with that girl. So I was so surprised that she never had told me she had been coming yeah. to class. Um, but I think things like that, uh, open up your eyes to what's going on in these, in these kids' lives. Um, I think that a lot of times we're guarded from it or maybe society doesn't always see it hands on. But when you build these relationships with these young minds, you can see they're going through a lot. You can see there's a lot um, on a daily basis. So it's hard to, you know, come down on their hard behaviors because you don't always know what's going on either at home or in the community or, or what could be leading them through that. So that's that's part of where the passion comes from, I think, is seeing it every day. Um, I'm a Christian, so a lot of it comes from the fact that I feel like I've gotten God's love and I want to share that with other people. Um, I also think a lot of it comes from an upbringing where if I'm being transparent, uh, I didn't have to struggle with a lot of those things that the people struggle with that I serve. Um, and so I do want to be there for those people. I want to, you know, do my part to help them, um, through whatever, whatever needs they need. And I think a lot of people have that good heart, but mm -hmm. I think it's another thing to apply it and live it and breathe it. Uh, know those people, um, know our kids, get to know them and, and, and live and do life with them, meet them where they're at. You mentioned a lot about the needs that exist in your community. 
Um, can you kind of describe for us what some of those needs are and then how Urban Youth Impact is, is um, helping meet those needs? Yeah, absolutely. So um, according to census data, we have one in five children in Palm Beach County that live in poverty. And wow. that's a pretty staggering number, yeah. especially when you consider that that would affect their ability to, to learn, to thrive. Uh, and then when those families are, are, are going through that struggle to afford those basic needs for their children, everything becomes more difficult. But one of those things that really suffers is learning. Um, so we're seeing in education, kids aren't reading on grade level. There's continuous setbacks and, and they end up uh, either dropping out of school. Um, we see that a lot of uh, crimes by teens are happening mainly between the two to three hours after school, which is the times that we serve those students. Um, and then we also see things like uh, we've seen 2000 teens become pregnant every year in Palm Beach County. That's a pretty staggering number as well. So the needs are real and they're hard to talk about sometimes because some of those things are political or controversial about how to meet them. Um, but I think the way that Urban Youth Impact approaches it is just brilliant. It, it really is heartwarming and it, it is so loving to see the fact that we get to these kids at a very early age and we and we just do life with them. You know what I mean? It's not like we're coming in and trying to change their way of life or trying to just give them a dollar and leave. It's right. you know, doing life with these kids, you know? Right. Um, you mentioned that, was it that mo most of the crimes happen in the two to three hours after, after kids, school? After school. Yeah, so, which makes sense. You know, they get out of school, yeah. they go home, they cause trouble or whatever it may be. Right. So, and, and that's when a lot of times you are serving them with those after school programs. Can you talk about what some of those are? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have 10 programs at our, at our organization, um, which are all designed to meet a very strategic need within our community. Um, so our flagship program, so to speak, is K to eight, and it serves students after school um, through leadership skills, um, we do focus on literacy as well. Um, we have some things built in that focus on their kids' spirituality as well. Um, we are a Christian organization. We don't push spirituality on the kids. We don't force them to evangelize. It's nothing like that. It's more of something that, like I said, we believe that God loves us, so we want to share that love with other kids. Um, one of the things that I can say that's awesome about the Leadership Academy is something called EUPs, which is called Experiencing Unexpected Pathways. Um, and essentially all that means is that we want to give our kids opportunities to see many different opportunities for their careers and vocations and passions. A lot of kids, when you ask them what they want to be when they grow up, they say YouTube star, which is possible, or basketball, <laughs> NBA player, football player, TikTok star, whatever it might be. And all those things are great. But we also want to give kids the opportunity to see, hey, you could become a news reporter, a lawyer, a, a doctor a fitness coach, you know, there's many different pathways that these kids can go down. So the more that we can expose them to these unexpected pathways, uh, the more that they can see, wow, I never even thought I could become a chef. But now that I took this cooking class at Urban Youth Impact, I met a, sh a chef from the Breakers and he taught me how to cook. I have that opportunity in front of me. So yeah, loving those kids and then equipping them with their skills, but then also empowering them to be able to have those opportunities in front of them. So that's, that's our flagship program. It's kind of what we're best known for. Uh, but then we also have other programs that are really unique that address specific needs as well. So like I said, our high school program um, empowers those high school students that might not know how to answer interview questions or might not know how to apply for college. I'm going to be honest, when I was applying for colleges, the whole thought of like FAFSA and getting a loan, <laughs> it freaked me out. I didn't know what I'm doing. So yeah. instead of asking these 18-year-old, 17-year-old kids to decide a major life decision for $90,000 plus, uh, giving them the resources to understand what they're taking on, giving them the resources to understand their options, helping them apply for scholarships, 
uh, it's just really, really helped these kids be able to excel and be their be the absolute best selves. Mm. Um, I want to ask because you mentioned, you know, hey, you you didn't necessarily have the perspective, right? Like that these kids do growing up because you you didn't have some of the challenges that they're facing. So right. going through this experience, working hands on with them, what's one or two of the biggest things you feel like you've learned that you didn't know before? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say one of the bigger things that I've learned uh, is just that every family unit is not built the same. Um, and in some ways, that's okay. In other ways, I think it's becoming more and more evident that um, kids that are born into situations that are less favorable uh, don't have the same opportunities. So America's the country of, you know, <laughs> everybody can do anything, you know, the American dream, et cetera, et cetera. And I definitely think that's that's true to some degree. But a kid who's born into a situation where uh, the dad's passed away, the mother's not in the picture, maybe raised by grandmother. Uh, I just don't think it's fair to say that that student has the same opportunity and uh, chances to succeed as somebody who was born into a different family unit. And then even expanding upon that family unit, uh, when you look at the community, the education system is not built the same. A student who's built uh, born into the inner city does not have those same resources that a student uh, is born in the top school system in the in the country. It's just not. Um, so it's hard to say that out loud because I know there's so much politics tied to it. But I think if we can strip away all the red tape, look behind all the politics, I think that we can see that it's just true that not every kid is born into the same situation. Social, emotional things can come out of that before they're even the age of five. It's heartbreaking. Um, so I think you have to be able to support those kids as they get older. Um, and I think you need to be able to give them that structure and love uh, and a mentor and somebody they can look up to. You got to give them the resources. Uh, I think it's just unfair to pretend like everybody has equal opportunity in America. I just don't think it's true. <laughs> no, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And ultimately, right? Like, it's not fair. We wish it was. We wish life was. But like, everybody was starting at the same place, but ultimately, we all are not. And something I came across um, an interesting, I don't know if it's a statistic or whatever around like, hey, your one's ability to be able to get ahead and build wealth in life, it really comes down to three things. And those that are able to have either gone to an Ivy League school, worked at a Fortune 500 company, or grew up in an affluent community. So how many of us, right? Like those three <laughs> things are very much so determined. Right by your circumstance that you were born into and that you don't necessarily have control over. So, um, you know, I totally agree with with what you're saying. And um, so I guess a question would be if someone who definitely, you know, may not have that perspective, as right. as you mentioned, um, and does want to learn, you know, from others and maybe even how they can help support what what would you say are some of like the first steps that someone could do even just to start to gain perspective on someone else's life and circumstances to broaden their perspective? Yeah, I think that's an awesome question. I think that a lot of individuals um, have a good heart. I think I said that earlier too. I think that a lot of people 
want to do the right thing or they have this worldview that they really believe are, is good. And I, I don't want to harsh on those people, but at the same time, I think sometimes you need to have your worldview shattered. So I would just encourage people, go out of your comfort zone, get your worldview shattered, and then be more open to listening. And, and that's the other thing is that I, mm. I think that we're so quick nowadays to be blinded by the light that we're that we're not even willing to go through uh, and, and, and tackle all these more important uh, subjects. I heard somebody say the other day, stop focusing on the darkness, but instead look to the light. And I agree with that. I think that's great. But at the same token, let's not get so focused on the way that we believe that you're afraid to look at the darkness because there is darkness in the world. There's problems in the world. It's not a new thing either. There's always been problems in the world. Uh, and and frankly, I, I just think it's time that we get our worldview shattered a little bit more, have these open discussions, be willing to listen, be willing to learn. Uh, have those conversations with people that you wouldn't normally talk to even. It's just one of those things that I think needs to happen if we're ever going to solve any of these problems. Absolutely. Um, and I love what the term that you used or that you all use there at Urban Youth Impact as far as shattering snow globes. Is yeah. there, <laughs> that's, that's so great. It's so, so brilliant. Um, is there an example, um, whether it's through one of the kids um, in, in particular that you can share that really shows an example of that happening and how you sh shattered that snow globe and maybe open them up to new opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I feel really encouraged to do um, is when, cause I, I, you know, I'm out in the community as the director of advancement a lot of times, and I have those conversations with business leaders all the time about giving back to the community. And one of the ways that I can um, best connect business leaders and people with resources or people that have become entrepreneurs or done these amazing things is connect them with our students. Um, so one of the ways that that's really encouraging to see uh, the, the progress and snow globes being smashed every day is through our reframe program that I mentioned before. So one of the one of the things that we're implementing is um, workshops. And we've been doing this for, for a while now. It's not necessarily new, but we're trying to do more of it as we see that it continues to work. So introducing these young minds to uh, court judges um, to lawyers, to um, you know, different individuals in the community that are that are working hard in justice. It's it's awesome because I can tell people, I can tell the kids all I want. Hey, it's really great. You have all these opportunities. You could become a lawyer. Um, but if I can take a student, and this is a this we have an, a student who graduated um, our reframe program, uh, went on to get his lawyer's degree, and then went on to Notre Dame as well. It, it's just incredible to see these kids, and then have him come back and talk to our kids and say, Hey, oh, cool. I grew up in the same spot you did. Uh, I knew exactly the, the road that you grew up on. I was there as well. Uh, I went through these high school programs. I applied to college. This is how I did it. This is how I paid for the loan. These are the scholarships that I applied for, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and then this is how I actually became a lawyer. And this is how I'm succeeding in my career. Uh, so being able to have a student like that, his name's Emmanuel. Um, and having him be able to come back and talk to our kids, that's an example to me of smashing snow globes. He's not only smashed the snow globes, but he's actually helping the other kids smash snow globes too now. It's very cool to be a part of. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your greatest need right now at Urban Youth Impact? How can others help and support you? You know, there's, there's a great deal of uh, lack of awareness for the inner city community in West Palm Beach. So doing things like this, listening to podcasts that help you get educated on on health and wellness in the community, um, that's a big part of it is just growing the awareness. Um, I think, you know, it's always great when you have the time to be able to volunteer at places like this. But if you feel like your your resources are limited in time, 
You can also donate to our organization. We're 100 uh, percent functioning on contributions from the community, from businesses, from grants, um, from foundations. And so we can't do it alone. We have no income coming in, guys. We're not selling shirts or coffee mugs or anything like that. So we're fully based upon our partners in the community that choose to support us. And that's a big difference maker. So if you work for an organization, um, you know, connecting them with Urban Youth Impact, it really does make a difference. Having them come in and volunteer, uh, it's it's just, it's transforming. It's it's awesome. It's life-changing. Yeah. And, I, and thank you so much for bringing up the health health and wellness aspect, um, or like how I like to call it health and happiness, which is so key to, I think, people just living better lives, even reaching their dreams, right? If we don't have our health, what do we have? Totally. Um, yep. And so is there a component to that, or it could even be from just that emotional support and, you know, looking at things in a positive light when there are, I'm sure, so many kids who aren't necessarily going home to a positive environment, things, tools or things that you, you tell them or encourage them to do that really help them show up in a, in a healthier or happier way. I don't know if you can kind of see this this picture behind me, but this was a, a blueprint, so to speak, yeah. for a beautiful new kitchen um, that we were planning on building. And now, over the last couple of years, we've actually got to see it come to fruition. So oh, now we have cool. this gorgeous kitchen. It is beautiful. And these kids, we used to, we used to, when I first started working here, we used to do baking and cooking classes out of basically just like a toaster oven in a classroom. And we made <laughs> miracles come out of that thing. And it was gorgeous. We had so much fun. But now we have this beautiful state-of-the-art kitchen with an oven and a stove and all the cooking equipment and ingredients we would ever need. And it's been such a blessing. And so our kids now um, who you know might not have had the opportunity to engage in these high-level cooking classes are opening their eyes to, oh my goodness, I know how to make stir fry. This is awesome. And then they can go home and teach their family. It's great. And, and so one of the ways that it's in regards to health that we've started implementing that is teaching the kids about nutrition. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, and I'm guilty of this as well. This is not necessarily an inner city problem. A lot of kids these days uh, end up just grabbing a bag of chips before they grab dinner. Uh, and it's a heartbreak. I had a kid one time that told me the snack that they got at Urban Youth Impact was their dinner. That They didn't go home and eat dinner every night. We provide snack for our kids, which is great. Sometimes it's Chick-fil-A, which is awesome. <laughs> um, but that's a serious issue. You know, that's something heartbreaking. So if we can empower those kids... Uh, to learn how to make food that's not only delicious, but also nutritious, it, it really is life-changing. So that's one thing. Uh, and then a second way that I think that we've started to implement health that I find really important has less to do with what you eat, but uh, it's the social-emotional side of health. Uh, we implemented a counseling program uh, this past December, and it's already doing wonders. So we've noticed that over our 25-year history that literacy is so important. Education is is key. I, I totally agree with that. I'm on par with that. But if kids are so bogged down in their trauma mm. that they can't focus on literacy, there's no good. What are we doing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I'm reading a book to a kid, but they, like I said, they're, they dealt with something at home that day and they're not focusing, then there's no use of me trying to teach about verbs or whatever I'm teaching about that day. Um, I think it's, it's important to tackle those things and address those things. So we're so blessed to be able to have a counselor on staff now, have this counseling program for our kids available that are going through these traumatic experiences. Um, and address their social emotional health in addition to, you know, their education and whatever else we might be addressing. That's wonderful. I'll ask you the same question. Is there a practice that you have in your own life that helps you show up as your best self each day? Something maybe easy yeah. and actionable that the audience can take away. Yeah. So I, I listened to your last guest talk about getting burned out 
And I think that's one thing that those in the nonprofit sector have to be very, very careful of. Mm. Burnout is so, so high in the nonprofit sector because you're constantly pouring into other individuals. And I, I love our kids. They are so sweet and so lovable. Um, but they're not always so aware of how much we're pouring into them that they're saying thank you at every stop. You know what I mean? Right. So sometimes it can feel like a thankless job. And you don't always get to see the fruition of those things until those kids are very old. Mm. Being a 25-year history is great because we get to see a lot of our kids grow up. But a lot of times when you're in it, it is hard. You have setbacks. You have kids that break down. You have kids that start crying who even have steps taken back. I, when I taught eighth grade, I had a kid that was reading on a kindergarten grade level. That is heartbreaking. It is so difficult to teach those kids and then show up every day trying to be encouraged about their progress. I mean, it is great, but it is still a heartbreaking, serious issue. So one way that I've found personally to um, combat that breakout is just being transparent and vulnerable with both my supervisor and also the kids. If I'm being honest, it is hard to be transparent with kids sometimes because Mm -hmm. you're you're putting yourself out there and kids can be kind of harsh on you. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, if you're honest with those kids and say, hey, I shouldn't have snapped at you like that. I had a really rough morning yesterday. I shouldn't have uh, talked to you like that. That's my bad. I'm sorry. They will appreciate it so much Mm -hmm. to have an apology from an adult. It means the world. And then when you connect with them like that and you can you can pour to them and they can say, hey, I forgive you. You know, I I let you I let that go. I don't hold that against you one bit. It's just so freeing and it and it feels like it just releases some of that burnout. And then, like I said, similarly with your supervisor, just being honest, Urban Youth Impact is one of the best organizations to work for, period, across the nation. I really believe that. They do an incredible thing for their staff. Every day, I get an hour to work on my my spirituality and my, my social health and my mental health. I get an hour to pray and worship. I get a devotion that uh, comes from one of our staff members that is, you know, specifically uh, an expert in a specific area. So I'm great at, uh, what I would consider communication. I, I know that may be a little prideful. I'm sorry. That is, but that's my, that's my skill. So I get to teach the rest of the staff on, Hey, here's how you communicate it properly. Um, and then other staff members might be experts in finances. Hey, here's how you balance a checkbook. <laughs> Not that yeah. We do that as much anymore these days, but, uh, so ha- having an hour every day like that really helps prevent burnout. And then we also get, um, an exceeding amount of PTO, which is great for a staff. We get two weeks off for Christmas. We get a week off in Thanksgiving. And then I also get 160 hours off because I worked here for five years um, off a year, which is just phenomenal. So kudos to our leadership team um, trying to prevent that burnout because like I said, in the nonprofit sector, it hits hard. Absolutely. And sitting across from you, I would certainly agree with you. You are a fantastic communicator. <laughs> Thanks. I didn't want to sound prideful. I was like, ah, no, maybe that's mean listen. to say about myself. No, absolutely not. And I also like that you mentioned about being vulnerable with the kids. And, you know, for anyone who, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're, you, you have a staff, I think being vulnerable, like with your team members as well, but it, specifically like in you know, your situation, you're also modeling that for the kids and letting them know that it's okay to be vulnerable. Adults make mistakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because a lot of people, you know, come from households where it's not okay, or they're taught it's not okay to show their emotions, or be vulnerable and like bottle things up inside. So I think having that modeled for them is so key too. Absolutely. I had a supervisor at Urban Youth Impact um, that used to tear up and get so emotional when she would talk about the kids. And I found that uh, just 
so inspiring. It's actually part of the reason that I think I still work at Urban Youth Impact and I plan to work here the rest of my life is just seeing people like that that are so genuine about the kids. It's not like they're here pretending. It doesn't feel like they're just trying to get a paycheck or do anything weird like that. They really care about the kids. To watch somebody get to the point where they're crying, thinking about our kids' situation, it's so real. You know, That's so great to have. So having that vulnerability with your supervisor helps get you through the day when you're having those hard days where you're just like, I don't want to be here right now. This is a hard job. It's taken yeah. it out of me. So just being able to be, like you said, transparent is is very healthy in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure they know they're lucky to have you. I can tell by just all of your Thanks. enthusiasm as well. Um, I want to ask how people can find more about Urban Youth Impact, you know, online, social media. We'll, yeah. of course, make sure to put all those links below in the show notes as well. For sure. So yeah, go to www.urbanyouthimpact.com. One other thing I wanted to mention is a, is a great partnership that we have going on right now that I think is groundbreaking for Palm Beach County and beyond. And I wanted to share it with your listeners just because I, I know some people already know about it, but I think it's one of those things that could be modeled not only in our community, but in any community, even down there in Miami. So if any of your listeners have some way in or ability to help continue transformation, I think this is a great way that we've tackled this issue in our community. So like I mentioned before, the education system uh, struggles with equality, right? And if you have money, you can get into some top schools that are private, right? But our families that are born into communities that, where they can't necessarily pay for their kids' education when the tuition is in the tens of thousands uh, for elementary school or middle school, yeah. it's just a tough break. So one way that we've partnered with another private school in the area named Jupiter Christian School is that we're working together to offer an education for our inner city families at little to no cost to the families. And it is powerful. It is awesome. I mean, it is changing generations. So Jupiter Christian School is a phenomenal school. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Jupiter, it's a very wealthy area. It, it's a great community. Um, and the leaders of Jupiter Christian School um, decided to reach out to us um, and partner with us in trying to serve our inner city community and families. Um, and we're just seeing justice taking place. It's beautiful watching the families that um, tear up at the opportunity to be able to give their young minds a private school education at mm. little to no cost is just so, so, so encouraging. Um, so I wanted to share that with listeners. I think it's a really great thing. Right now, we just have kindergarten, first grade and second grade. But our goal is to continue to grow that all the way through till eighth grade. Um, and have a full elementary and middle school for our students here in West Palm Beach so that the, the inner city community can get top of the line education um, and our kids are no longer burdened by what they're born into. That is amazing, a really wonderful initiative. And thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for being here, sharing more about your story and the incredible work that you're doing with Urban Youth Impact. And I'm super happy to be able to, you know, further amplify that message. Thanks, Tamika. Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. It's been awesome talking with you. I love your show. Uh, keep up the great thank work. You. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed learning more about Urban Youth Impact, their incredible commitment to the Palm Beach County communities, and all of the work that they've been doing there with kids over the last 25 years. Make sure to go below in the show notes to learn more about them, either support them, or hey, just connect with them on social media, give them a shout out, or you can even volunteer your time and help give back as well. Their information is below, as is mine. I'd hate for you to miss out 
on new episodes of this podcast that come back every other week. So you can find me all the places to stay up to date on what we're working on. Find me on LinkedIn and also hit subscribe on YouTube so that we see you for the next episode of Lift You Up Inspiring Health Stories. So until we see you back next time, because I know I'll see you then, stay happy, stay healthy.